Hi, everybody. Coming up, the team talks about their experience with the reopening of Walt Disney World. That's it. That's everything we're talking about on this episode. How exciting is that? From various locations around the internet, this is the Diz Unplugged. Hi, everybody. This is episode 1087 of the Diz Unplugged for the week of July 14th, 2020. My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. Pete has another obligation today, so he's asked me to fill in. I want to remind you that the Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Alani, Universal, and other cruise line vacations. Visit us at, on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. You did that without notes. I did. <laughs> well, I can remember three lines, <laughs> and that's it. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. I truly appreciate it. As I mentioned, the entire episode this week is going to be the team sharing their experiences with the reopening of Walt Disney World. Uh, each of us did something different. We had different experiences. We want to make sure we bring you that. And I feel like this is enough of a conversation to fill the whole show. So um, I didn't think we needed any other topics or any news to, to uh, fill it out. But before we get started, I do want to start with a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, I think what I'm going to do the first is I'm going to introduce everybody, and then I'm going to come back to my disclaimer. So I uh, joined from via Skype. We have Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. Danny Sunderly. Hey there. Jackie Galley. Hi, everybody. And our producer, Craig Williams. Oh, hey, hey. I wanted to make sure I got that in. So again, I'm going to start, go back to my disclaimer. Um, we are not um, tone deaf to the fact that coronavirus and COVID-19 is still very persuasive. Pervasive. Pervasive. Jackie's doing something that's bothering me. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> like just in general. Just Sorry in general. about that. <laughs> Somebody was at our door naturally. They ring the door. Of course. Like, yeah, I expect any minute someone to be at our door. Yeah, we're expecting yeah. a UPS delivery that I can't change. Yeah. Yeah. So again, uh, we want to make sure you guys understand we fully appreciate and understand um, how bad coronavirus and COVID 19 is in the state of Florida. We are all in the state of Florida. We're all doing our best to stay safe and stay healthy. We don't want this to come across as you should rush to Walt Disney World and you should come now and everything is perfect. We're, we're just sharing with you our personal experiences of our days there in Walt Disney World. While Walt Disney World is a bubble, and you're going to find out, no spoiler alert, we think they did a great job. It does not exist in a bubble in Florida. So you have to get there. So we don't want anyone to think, oh, good, I'm going to come to Walt Disney World and everything is perfect and fine and I'm going to be perfectly safe. We, we understand that people have different opinions and have different uh, thresholds of risk. You need to do what's best for you. And we present that in that light. We also have to talk about the fact that if you're from the Northeast, you're supposed to quarantine yourself for 14 days if you come to Florida. There's no one at the uh, Florida-Georgia line with a net. Who's in that? I know. I set that up for you. In a challenge. Um, yes, enough in a challenge. <laughs> um, there's no one guarding that. There's no one. They're asking you to do that. However, if you're coming from the Northeast, you have to either fly or drive down through 95. So you're coming through some states that are having some rough time. All we ask is that you... Uh, be careful. All right. Be safe. And again, we don't want to come across as tone deaf. This is not about everything is wonderful and perfect. We totally get the situation at hand right now, especially in Florida. All right. So let's get started. Um, first of all, I want to go around the room. I want to go around the Skype and I want to check in with you guys. Um, Denny, how are you feeling? I know you've been in the Magic Kingdom. 
couple of times. You've been to, to Disney Springs. How do you feel in general? Are you okay? You feeling healthy? Yeah, absolutely. Everything is a-okay. Um, felt good about the visits that I made to the Magic Kingdom. I was there on Thursday for AP previews with Craig and then was there again on Sunday. Um, so after they after the official reopening. Uh, so I haven't been back to Disney Springs uh, this week yet or this weekend, this past weekend, but I hope to get there later on in the week. So we'll see how things are going over there. Um, as an, in a, in a way of an update. Um, but yeah, no, felt great about being in the magic kingdom. Excellent. Jackie, how about you? Are you feeling okay? Any, do you feel like maybe you got sick or anything as being exposed to anything you guys doing? Okay. I we're doing great. Um, you know, I feel like Disney has really made it easy for us to, keep our hands sanitized. And so we really took advantage of doing that. We were really careful not to touch our faces. And so I'm so happy that we're, we're doing good. Um, I, I don't, I, it was interesting. It was very different this time. So. And Craig, how about you? I, you, I think you've had probably the most exposure to the parks uh, than all of us. How are you feeling? How's Kylie feeling? I I am I I'm feeling fine honestly I know I've been in the parks a lot so I was in I mean besides all the times I've gone to Universal I've been to Magic Kingdom now three times and Animal Kingdom one time so I've put in my fair share of park time and honestly the only thing I've been concerned about is basically every time I've gone into the parks I've been in for pretty much the entire day. Um, I think animal kingdom. I, one of the times I was at magic kingdom, I only was there for like two hours and the time I was at animal kingdom, I stayed the entire day minus an hour. So I'm just like worn out completely. And so I've been very conscious of that because of course, the more tired I get, the more I'm going to expose my, immune system. So that's the the main thing I've been pretty uh, concerned about is that I'm getting overly tired. So I'm doing a lot of like vitamin C and uh, just vitamins in general and trying to sleep as much as possible. And uh, so now that I'm finally rested after like the past entire week, um, I, I feel I feel great. I don't think if I was exposed to anything, then, you know, I'd have to say that I would be one of those asymptomatic people because I, I feel I feel great. And so, yeah, that's just me. Good. Um, yeah. I mean, I think you are you're more health conscious and you run and you uh, you take care of yourself. We went to the Magic Kingdom and I felt like I ran a marathon and I was there like three hours. But that's because I've been sedentary for three months. Um, and then yesterday I had a sore throat. And, and, uh, I was, uh, tired and that was it. Kevin, I have it. I have coronavirus. <laughs> I just know it. And of course I, just I took a nap and I feel better. Get a cup of tea and a 20 minute nap cured it. I was, I'm going to the hospital. So what are your symptoms? My throat tickles and I'm tired. Okay. Yeah. You probably had it. <laughs> probably. <with> the ventilator. <laughs> Exactly. All right. So good. Everybody's feeling good. We're happy about that. We make sure nobody uh, is sick from that. I also want to point out too, for the folks at home watching, I want to make sure you guys understand too, that we as a company did not force anybody to go to the parks. As a matter of fact, Pete sent out a couple of emails that said, you are not required to go. You're required to cover it. This is strictly on your own and your own decision. Uh, as a company, we did not want anyone to feel that they were pressured to go to the parks. So get that out of the way. You did? Well, yeah, you have no choice. And so that's sort of the idea of what we wanted to set up for this opening of uh, the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. So let's get into um, a lot of lots been said about the hygiene. A lot's been said about masks and things like that. So let's touch on that briefly. And sort of give us your highlights and the good and the bad that you thought Disney did and what you thought other people did. Um, Danny, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah. So as as far as um, hygiene was concerned, and it, so 
it was very interesting, just the dichotomy between um, Disney Springs and visiting Disney Springs and then Magic Kingdom because they're, um, I think people are just more invested in, I'm going to wear a mask. They need to wear a mask in Magic Kingdom. Um, it's a little harder at, at Disney Springs to enforce that rule, it looks like. And so everybody, uh, everybody on Thursday for the AP preview on their best behavior. So good. I saw just a couple of noses all day long. It was amazing. And of course, when I went back on Sunday, same thing. Everybody's got their uh, face mask on. They have it on. I watched uh, just trying to observe things as I was moving throughout the park on Sunday. People, when they got a little ice cream treat, Mickey bar, you would go and find a place to sit and then remove your face mask, eat your treat face mask back on, off you go. Like it was, it's people are just, they get it at, you know, they get it. Um, it's funny that the hand sanitizer, yes, definitely bring your own bottle just in case, but there were three hand sanitizer locations at each attraction. It was amazing. So as you approached the queue, hand sanitizer, uh, before you got onto the ride vehicle, another hand sanitizer station. And then when you, um, you know, when you got off of the attraction, there's more hand sanitizer. So you're not, you've got what you need to be able, uh, hygiene wise to be able to, uh, to be as safe as possible. You've been at the AP preview and after the park officially opened, mm -hmm. what was the crowd difference? Because we went on Thursday, uh, and crowds were so light and so great yeah. and such a pleasure to be in the park. And the question has become, well, now that they're open, is that, was that an anomaly? Is it now more crowded? Yep. So I got in on Sunday um, and we had that, we had the same questions walking around on Thursday with wide open expanses with no one in sight or very few in sight. So on Sunday, I got in about one thirty into the magic kingdom. So it was a little bit later in the day, but it was, it was the same. It was light, low crowds, big, um, spaces where there just wasn't anyone. Social distancing is totally achievable because you can stay away from everyone. So it was very, very interesting to be in there on Sunday and go, okay, so this is the new normal, I guess. Now, maybe it was more crowded in the morning. I was looking at social media and stuff like that. It didn't seem to be overly crowded from those accounts, but I was really I was pleased with it on Sunday afternoon. Excellent. Jackie, how about you? Tell us about your experience with you're wearing a mask and people wearing a mask and feeling safe. So we um so on Thursday we came down on Thursday night and went to Disney Springs for a quick bite at Chicken Guy. And um I I totally echo what Denny felt at Disney Springs because I saw most people with a mask on. I saw a lot of people that had it under their nose or even hanging off of just one ear and just kind of walking around like that. And I thought, huh. And um, I felt really safe when we sat down and ate because they have a lot more tables outside and they were far enough apart from each other. And um, that, that felt okay. Um, but when we went into the Magic Kingdom on Friday, I felt more at ease in the park because I did not see, like Denny, I'm going to use her term, I didn't see many noses. <laughs> in Magic Kingdom, it was very, um, people kept their masks on. People really, um, I, I, everyone that was in front of me getting on an attraction, they used the hand sanitizer at the beginning of the line, through the middle of the line, and always at the exit. Every person that was in front of us, I, I didn't see anyone not do it. And that made me really happy because they're only cleaning some of the ride vehicles. They're only doing that about every two hours where they go through and spray sanitize. So it's really important, the personal responsibility that folks are aware, because sometimes 
when you're a little bit bigger, you have to sort of use the handrails and you have to sort of use, you know, you grab onto the bars. I do. Even when I'm stepping down into like, say, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, you're stepping down into a boat, you you hold on to the rails. It's a small world. Same thing. So you're touching those bars where someone else may have touched those before. So you have to have this conscious piece about you and make sure that you use that. And I felt almost as though um, the, the, the area of the parks that were required to find where to place those hand sanitizer dispensers was almost like how Walt Disney decided how far apart he was going to space trash cans so that there was never a time when a guest needed to throw something away and didn't have a trash can right there. I did not feel that there was a time that I needed hand sanitizer and didn't have it readily available without having to dig through my bag. I want to so. go back to the I want to go back to the Disney Springs versus the Magic Kingdom for a moment, mm-hmm. since you both have the same uh, general experience in both. Do you think that the reason for people not being as diligent wearing masks at Disney Springs was uh, enforcement, or do you think it was more of a um, like at the Magic Kingdom? To me, it was more like you have to do this to go into this park. Maybe at Disney Springs, people didn't feel that there was that sort of you have to wear this be at Disney Springs. What do you what do you uh, um, assign that be more lackadaisical to at Disney Springs? I I just I think I so in analyzing it, I wonder if it's just a difference in level of investment with Disney Springs. We as locals treat it as a mall, or that's the you know that's the place to go hang out on the weekend night, or grab something from a shop that you need. So, um, so you'll have locals who come in and, and maybe some are living under a mask mandate and some are not. And okay. So they, there just might be different levels of investment in the whole wearing of the masks thing. I have seen cast members turn, um, people right back around if they showed up to the temperature screen, even before the temperature screen, without a face mask. They've got to have that face mask to get in. So they know the rules. They know what, what needs to be done. But I think for us to have to get into the Magic Kingdom or in Animal Kingdom or Epcot or Hollywood Studios tomorrow, we know we've, we've put out a chunk of money to be able to do that. And, okay, we, we as... As an investment, I, I have invested into my day today. Part of that is that I need to wear a mask. And it, it was. Yeah, it was, I would think that that would be sort of the mindset of a lot of people that Disney Springs really isn't Disney in a sense that it's not, they're not going to kick me out if I don't have to wear a mask. Jackie, is that how you felt that people were reacting? I do. I do. And one thing too is that. If you go into a store, you're going to have to have a mask on to go into the store. And otherwise, you know, a cast member is going to say something to you. I've, I've seen, you know, people reporting that they they actually will say, I'm sorry, we, ha- we have to have your face mask on in order for you to enter the store. So but at Magic Kingdom, it's the same way with the with the attractions, with the restaurants, with everything. And everything is is all right there. And even with the with the walk up kiosks where they sell bottled soda, I actually heard a cast member say to a guest, I I have to have you. She kind of backed up for a second and she said, I'm sorry, I have to have you put lift your face mask up before I can hand this to you. And so I thought, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. I like that. They're sort of saying, hey. You know, and I didn't see I'll be honest, I didn't see that happening at Disney Springs. So at the time that we were there, it was a little bit later and the majority of the stores had already closed. It was about 840 when we started walking around and I I actually turned the family around and said, listen, you guys, I want to go. I want to go because there were there were safe. Yeah, there were just people walking around without a mask and they they weren't staying far enough behind or beside us where in Magic Kingdom, everywhere we went, 
there were lines on the ground that showed you how far you needed to be away from the people in front of you. So there was like a mutual respect there where everyone, it, it was right there in front of you. And a lot of people need something tangible to see where at Disney Springs, everyone is just sort of walking. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you that we were in the Magic Kingdom on Thursday and I was using my scooter. And as we were getting ready to leave, my scooter battery was depleting. And we went under the train station. We were told that there were outlets under the train station. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you that John and I were the only people under the train station. There was no one else 40 feet, 50 feet. We were alone. John was sitting on a chair and I was plugged into an outlet. And we had bought a bottle of soda. And I pulled my mask down, was drinking, and I Craig, can you tell us about your experience real quick and mute us? I, you have to mute your, mute, sorry, you have to mute yourself. Just press the little button on Skype, the microphone. I thought you could do that for me. My apologies. There we go. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, I, so my experience is... I mean, I've had a lot now. I will say, in general, uh, the annual pass holder preview was obviously, uh, it was an amazing experience, quote Steve Porter. Uh, It just, the crowd levels were absolutely fantastic. Everyone was being respectful for the most part. Uh, As we've already said enough, there's a couple people here and there, but uh, the majority of people were being respectful. Uh, then Saturday when magic kingdom opened, uh, I just released my vlog about that one earlier today and you can uh, give it a watch after this if you haven't yet. And that day was definitely, you know, I, I think the crowd size increased maybe a little less than half. Uh, it was definitely busier than annual pass holder, uh, previews, but it still wasn't overbearing. Uh, I, I made an attempt to try to do every single attraction, not just ride, but even sit through, you know, 25 minutes of Hall of Presidents and every long show that there is, too. And I'm not going to spoil whether or not I got it done, but I, I it's the fact that you could even come close to doing everything kind of speaks to how the crowd levels were. I mean, there's 28 attractions, I believe, that are technically listed as being able to be open right now at Magic Kingdom. And uh, only only one is not operating right now. That's the people mover. And we don't know when that's actually going to come back up and running. But anyways, you'll have to watch that to see if I was. Can able I speak to, to I want to speak to one Sorry. thing that about that, that you're able to do everything is unbelievable and or almost everything. And. You know, there's a lot of complaint out there that I'm not coming to Walt Disney World now because I'm paying full price for a half experience, specifically because of fireworks and parades, and that this is the mindset that Disney is somehow cheating people because they're still paying the same price. I don't think that's the case. I think this is a better experience. Yeah, I would love for there to be fireworks. I thought the the way they handled the parades were great. I think the fact that you can do all the rides and and enjoy the parks at an almost leisurely pace, I don't know. To me, it seems it seems like a silly argument that Disney's not you're not getting your money's worth. Yeah, but, no, okay, and I'm sorry. I that's exactly what I was going to uh, get to eventually at some point in this is that I do understand missing out on the fireworks and missing out on festival of fantasy and feeling like you know the cavalcades will never replicate festival of fantasy because you know it doesn't it's not they're not the same thing however uh it's it is pretty darn close in terms of that and no you don't have the the character meet and greets and you can't go up and hug mickey but you know it's i i think i I think there's probably an audience out there who doesn't waste time doing meet and greets and watching parades. And I probably would bet that they would actually be happier that they could just randomly be standing on main street or passing through. And they do get to see all of the characters come by real quick. And it, since it happens multiple times a day, you know, you have a better chance at seeing different ones. Cause like there's nothing against move it, shake it, whatever it's called 
at the end of it. But that's the <laughs> same characters repeated all throughout the day over and over and over. So this, you know, you don't know if it's going to be Mickey and the gang or if it's going to be the goofy cavalcade or is it going to be Tinkerbell or is it going to be Fantasyland characters or princesses? They are doing a great job at giving a variety of experiences. So maybe the characters are actually even more accessible to see than they were before. You just don't necessarily, you don't necessarily get to go up and get their autograph and hug them and go through all of that. So I, as a person who finds character interactions to be awkward as all get out, I, I prefer the cavalcade format as much as I get annoyed by the amount of cavalcades, but I like, I like that. So I'm kind of in the camp that you just set up. I think I think you get pretty much a near close experience to what you would get before with less crowds. And I can say on Monday when I had to pop into Magic Kingdom for a couple hours, the crowds were definitely even lighter than they were on Saturday. So I think there was a lot of that excitement for opening day and then also right. the fact that it was a weekend and, you know, people people can go on the weekends more than they can with weekdays. So Monday was like it, it was even it was even easier to navigate than Saturday. And I also went over to Animal Kingdom on Sunday. And I mean, just pure insanity that for half the day, Flight of Passage was either at a five or ten minute wait. Uh, it's disgusting when you look at Navi River Journey having a 20 minute, 30 minute wait while flight of passage is over the way with a five or 10 minute wait. But that was regularly happening. Uh, I did everything at animal kingdom besides Cali river rapids. Cause I didn't, I just, I don't like Cali. I, that's just my least favorite attraction in all of Walt Disney world. So I didn't do that. I didn't do up because I don't like bird poop and uh, I don't need that great big bird adventure. And then I didn't do, I forgot the train even existed that could take me to conservation station. So by the time I remembered that was open, I was like, Ugh, I could go home or I could ride a train over to look at some goats. So but I, the uh, best thing is right. The thing is you can do what you wanted to do and you can do things over and over again. Oh, yeah. This is an unbelievable experience at Walt Disney world. I want to say, I want to just let Kevin finish his story about the mask. I apologize. We had a dog barking incident and had a mute ourselves. Yes, go ahead. So go ahead. Finish, your, finish your story about the mask and then we'll move on. We were sitting under the train station and it was just John and I. And we pulled our masks down and we were just talking, but there was no one around. And I didn't see a cast member, but it was like God was talking. And someone said, you have to put your mask on. It's it, it. You must put your mask on. So, and we thought there was no one around. So it wasn't like we were. I could see her. She was over in like another room. Yeah. But there were people there that told you you had to put your mask on. Yeah, and again, I don't want to say like she was mean to us no, or anything like that. She's very sweet. So you know, I'm happy with that. I'm glad that someone is around to say that. It was a little extreme. It was only the two of us in this giant place. But you know, good for them for looking out for everybody. All right, before we go on, the next thing I want to talk about is get more into sort of rides and stuff. So before we go on to that, I want to stop for a little bit of housekeeping. I know a couple of folks have some housekeeping that they want to go over. Kevin, do you have uh, one you want to talk about? I do. Okay. Uh, we have a friend named Wendy. She's had a bit of an accident, and we want to wish Wendy a speedy recovery. That's it. Mm. Good luck, Wendy. She knew who we were talking Excellent. Excellent. Anyone else have any housekeeping? Yes, I wanted to take a quick minute to mention a couple of discounts that came out uh, just recently, just a few days ago. Um, John and Kevin talked on this week's Dreams Unlimited Travel podcast about the fact that Disney is maybe trying to um, reach out to some of the, the drive community who can get here in a quick drive, that kind of thing. So they've put out a discount for Florida residents and then for annual pass holders as well. So annual pass holders um, can save up to 40% on a resort stay in the month of September. And so um, it's for stays most nights. Um, it, you've got a book by the 30th of September. 
And then you've got, uh, just for a couple of examples, it's a 30% discount at Pop Century. The Fort Wilderness Cabins, which is a really big deal, is 35% off. And then at the Grand, the Yacht and Beach, the Poly, you can, and the Contemporary, those are all in the 40% off category. So it really, the amount of discount um, depends on the level of resort that you choose to stay at. But it's there if that speaks to you and that's something you want to do. Also, for Florida residents, same thing. So you've got a book by September 30th for most, uh, for stays most nights in September. You can save up to 35% off of the resorts. Just a couple of quick examples. Um, Art of Animation is 25% off. And then you've got Caribbean Beach during the month of September is uh, 30% off. So just just a couple of discounts just to make you guys aware of. Unprecedented. Mm-hmm. These 40% off annual pass holder rates are unprecedented. So this says it speaks to a lot of what Disney's experiencing with occupancy levels. I'm going to tell you this. I have no insider information. I have nothing to go by except my own hunch. I think you're going to start to see Georgia residents, Carolina residents, and maybe even Texas residents mm-hmm. getting uh, discounts similar to Florida residents. So that's something we may see in the future just because they need to harvest that drive market more and tap the people who would come, who don't need to fly and all of that good stuff. So interesting. Um, thank you, Denny. Anybody else with any housekeeping? Okay. I have some housekeeping. So this week's uh, featured candle from Magic Candle Company is called Churro. And I want to tell you guys about it because I happened to just receive a churro candle uh, just yesterday. And I'm really happy about it because something I love at Disneyland is a churro. And so when I lit this candle, before I lit it, I thought, well, gosh, usually I like this kind of a smell during Christmas, during the holidays. But I was craving this churro. So I lit this candle in my kitchen and it reminded me of being in the Magic Kingdom last week and it made me very happy. So I wanted to just share that little tidbit because I know that a lot of you have to fly to come down here and we, you know, you're probably not too crazy about doing that right now. But if you want the smell of a churro in your kitchen, head over to magiccandlecompany.com and when you check out, use code DisneyInfo in your checkout and you'll save 15% on your entire order. Excellent. See, now that would just make me hungry. If my (laughs) kitchen smelled like churros, I would just be mad that I couldn't have a churro. Oh, dear. (laughs) I also want to say, um, if you guys are are looking for information about what's open and what's closed and how things are going, uh, Jackie's done an excellent job with sort of, taking all that information, putting it together in one place and on the site. So make sure you check that out. She's done a really good job of keeping up with everything. There was a while there where information was changing by the second. So having it all in one place to reference is really excellent. So good job, Jackie. Oh, thanks. Thanks. And if anything that needs to be added or you hear something, send us an email. Content at WDWinfo.com. Let us know. Excellent. Any other housekeeping? I I will just say uh, I was able to socially distance meet a lot of people uh, over the past well week because uh, between the park reopenings and then my little stay at the Polynesian and a lot of the resounding uh, the repeating not resounding the repeating. Uh, I don't, why am I struggling to find words? The thing mm. I kept hearing over and over again. That's the first everyone. thing to go, you know, the smell <laughs> and then the words. Once uh, you lose the words, it's all over. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been, I've been gone for a long time, but the, <laughs> the main thing people kept saying over and over again was how, how important we were to them during the past couple months of, having these conversations and before they're able to travel and come back and how we helped them through this, this time. So I, even though I made sure to thank every single person who came up and talked to me and told me how much it it meant to them, I just want to make sure I blanket say it again that, you know, these, these past 
couple of months have been rough for everyone out there as as well as us. And, you know, it's I don't want to, like, pat ourselves on the back for it because we're not doing anything spectacular besides just what we normally do. But but it does like it It makes me happy knowing that we're we're helping making a lot of people happy right now. And on the days where we wake up and don't really want to do it and, you know, it's like, oh, we have to produce this today, that today. Sometimes it does get really difficult to get that motivation. But hearing hearing people say how much it's just helped is like that. It's that rush that helps us keep going. So I, I'm not sitting here asking for people to say how much it means to them. I'm just I want to acknowledge everyone out there who who feels that way and say, like, thank you. Really, it, it does mean a lot to us that you're you're help, we're helping you get through this time right now and making it easier on it. It it made me so thrilled to hear people saying that because it just no one no one knows when this is going to end. So any little bright bit of positivity is just it's so helpful so thank you it's very cool it's always great to hear from folks who uh watch the shows and enjoy the content i'll say the interesting thing too is you know, we met a lot of people we met clients we met clients who become friends we met new uh listeners who are now new friends we saw people we don't like yeah we saw a lot of people we don't like and um, one of the things that i found very difficult was social distancing at that moment because your first reaction is oh look so and so let's give them a hug or let me shake your hand or thanks for listening or you want to get in close to somebody and it's like oh my gosh i have to really put effort into not getting closer to this person so i found that to be very weird the other thing i found was weird is there no one sees you smile if you're wearing a mask all they have are your eyes. And we also found that even John and I, who were standing close enough, that the mask muffled what you were saying. I spent a lot of time saying, huh? What did you say? And then if it was someone else, a lot of times, and you think, wow, communication is broken down. But the visible signs of interaction, a right. smile. Someone said hi to us, and I didn't know where the voice was coming from. Yeah, that's the other thing. I had to do that. It was like, <laughs> what are you, who's talking to me? Who's talking? All right. Thank you guys for your housekeeping. I appreciate it. So we talked about being safe and everybody wearing masks and all that stuff. I want to know a little bit more about what Disney has done for rides to help folks feel safe and be socially distanced on a ride. Now, here's the deal. People know Kevin and I are not ride folks those days are kind of gone. We don't really rush into the Magic Kingdom or into a theme park now to ride a ride. It's more about experiencing the park and enjoying the atmosphere. And It's more spontaneous. Yeah. People ask all the time, what is the one thing you have to do? I don't have a list. Right. Um, I don't rush to the back of the park to ride. It's a small world. If I was back at there, if I was back at there, if I was back in the park and decided, let's do that. That's the way we do things. So for you guys who have ridden the rides, I'd like to get a little bit more insight into how Disney handled them. Don't have to give me uh, a breakdown of every single ride, but tell me where you think they did a good job and maybe where they could have used some improvement. And I'm going to go to Denny first on this. Okay. So um, just judging, engaging from what I, uh, from what we experienced on Thursday and then again on Sunday afternoon, it, um, Every, everywhere that they could have put a marker, uh, just a little reminder to help guests who are in the park go, oh, wait, I need to stand here. I need to, you know, keep this distance between the people in front of me. They've placed a marker. So um, throughout the queue for an attraction, you're going to you're going to be instructed exactly where to stand. And you're going to, and it's, and it's nice just to have those stripy big markers on the ground to know I've got to park it right here. I go no further until the party in front of me moves forward. Um, another thing that they've done in areas of attraction queues where they cannot keep you socially distant from the people, um, next to you, they've put up plexiglass and metal, uh, barriers. 
So there's like queue where there might be a, a, a double back, right? Yep, exactly. One part of the queue goes this way, one part of the queue goes that way. Yep. So you're saying between those two, okay? Yeah. So you've got a switchback going on, or the switch loading chute for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. So think of that chute that you walk down to get down onto the platform to load the trains. Um, that that area is already pretty tight. Getting down that chute, they have put up the metal and plexiglass wall down the middle of that chute. So it kind of, it's even more claustrophobic in there now. Um, but it's so that my germs don't get to the person next to me and vice versa. So it, it I see the usefulness of it. Um, attractions, when you're on the actual vehicle, you can socially distance from any other parties that are around you who have, uh, who, who are not with you during that day, they'll put, uh, just a few in each uh, vehicle, or they'll try to space out those, uh, you know, if they can keep social distance, if they can keep six feet in the same ride vehicle, they'll, they'll put you there. Um, but they are very, the cast members are very versed in exactly how to load. And it's amazing how they keep track of all these things, but they are so good at making sure that all the boxes are ticked and checked off before that attraction vehicle leaves the loading area. Excellent. Was there a place where you thought, wait, um, I don't feel safe on this ride that maybe they didn't do enough for this ride. Mm. I wouldn't feel safe riding it again. Or was there any place where that was a, a issue? You know, any, any time, not necessarily, but any time that you have to touch something, it kind of, you know, to make that vehicle go, that gives me pause. I chose, I wanted to ride the Astro Orbiter. I was watching those rockets spin around on Thursday when we were there and we just, we didn't get to it. And so Sunday, right before I looked at my watch and we had six minutes before park close. And so I made a beeline over to Tomorrowland and asked the cast member if it was still okay. Absolutely. Head on up. So in order to make that rocket go up, you've got to pull back on the, the throttle that's there, the stick. Um, so I had to touch that. And a lot of times I can make it on and off of attractions without touching a whole lot of things, but you've got to do your, your buckle there. You've got to touch that, that, that throttle, be able to go up in the air, that kind of thing. So that it, that's, it did. That. It made me oh stop and think for just a second. Um, but I still did it because it was so much fun to be one of three people on the Astro Orbiter. So it's all good. Cool. Jackie, what about you? Tell us about your ride experience. Maybe something that impressed you in some place where you thought, well, this is kind of, you could have done a better job. Sure. So I, there were, I mostly have the same experiences that Denny had with everything that we chose to ride on Friday. Next time we should let Jackie go first. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yes. I, thunder isn't stolen. That's okay, though. That's okay. <laughs> because I... Like Denny, I had to pause for a moment when we were standing in front of Buzz. I, I was dying to ride the people mover. So we headed over to Tomorrowland. I wanted to get on that so badly, but it was closed. And we stood there for a minute trying to think of what to do next. And I was looking over at Buzz. We all love that ride. We're competitive. And we were wanting to get on it. And I thought, you know what? I'm not okay with riding Buzz right now. Because I don't think that they're like giving you a plastic glove to put on your hand and then you throw it away. I don't happen to have any plastic gloves in my in my bag. And I don't want to touch that the blaster. I, I don't want to touch that. I'm sure that Disney, I, you know, I was thinking I was kind of talking myself through it and we didn't ride that attraction and it's not necessarily that Disney didn't do anything that they should have done, but it was all me and it was all, I just don't think I want to have to touch a ride. Mm -hmm. um, I loved the specific part that Denny uh, described about Big Thunder Mountain Railroad because I was thinking about that very spot where you walk down that chute and I was trying to figure out what they were going to do so that people weren't standing right next to each other. And I was really impressed by the way they did that. And 
I was also really impressed by the way they hung the chains or ropes in their switchbacks to skip a row so that you, so that people would um, not be standing next to each other in the switchbacks, but they also did it carefully so that they were not too close to the people in front of them or behind them. So it wasn't just as easy as putting the strips down every six feet because they had to really, you know, because what if two strips were together, but in separate rows, you know, you would have been six feet apart front to back side to side. They had to take that into consideration too. So they did for them. Yeah. I'm impressed by it really, because it wasn't just a, let's slap this together real quick. It was, it was really a, a thought process. And I think I felt like their goal was to make people feel safe because let's face it, if people don't feel safe, they're not going to come. So, yeah. Thank you. All right, Craig, same question. Um, and I know you're one of the few folks, uh, actually the only person on the panel today who's been to animal kingdom. So maybe you can give us some animal kingdom ride uh, insight, but also what did you think they did right? And what do you think they could have done better or something that gave you a second thought to write it? Oh, okay. Buckle up here. So I'm, I'm going to keep this brief and short. A we lot. only got 10 minutes. Uh, okay. Very Sam Eagle of you there. Uh, it's a, I'm going to give you a three hour glorious finale to this episode, but I've got 90 seconds. Mostly about America. You got a minute and a half. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, I'm going to, re- Basically say, first off, I completely agree with everything that Denny and Jackie already said. The main ones that I got weirded out about were pretty much the ones where you had to touch stuff. But that's like Buzz, Astro Orbiter, Dumbo, Flying Carpets. A lot of that can be fixed just by having wipes or your own sanitizer as well, too. Since I had my camera and my phone, a lot of times, you know, I wanted to have my wipes. So as soon as I'm done touching something, you know, I can wash that off and then make sure my camera is also wiped too. And my phone's wiped because it's, it's about trying to stop that immediately as possible. So even though they're doing a great job of offering hand sanitizer before you get on, as soon as you enter a queue and after you get off, uh, if you're going to touch anything in those in between times, make sure you have your own sanitizer and such. So that way you, you have that extra level of protection. I know we've talked about like gloves, disposable gloves and stuff. I know that's not in the cards for everyone. So just extra sanitizer and stuff and get, make sure you are washing your hands. Sanitizer will just layer up eventually and gross. Yeah. Out wash your hands often. And for 20 seconds, Enough of that PSA. Uh, the the way the main thing that I really hated, though, more than anything else, I went into Fill Our Magic. I did all of the indoor stuff, like I said, Fill Our Magic, Hall of Presidents. It's weird to me that, like, in Fill Our Magic, you know, it's a big open auditorium that they are spacing out every other row, and then there's at least minimum three seats between you and anyone else you're sitting beside. But it's not only super air conditioned. But then they also have all of the water effects going off in there and then like blowing spouts of wind at you and such. And I'm like, okay, this is a freaking nightmare. You think it's just currents of coronavirus heading towards your face? Yes. Is that what you imagine? I so that's literally what I imagined. So I kind of foresaw this being a thing. I hadn't heard anyone saying that the effects were off. So I made sure I wasn't sitting I had no one in front of me. I was as far like to the left as I needed to be to be away from people. And as soon as those effects started, like, you know, during the BR guest scene, when the bottle corks pop off and it starts like spitting uh, air into your face, I'm like, nope, this is this is so dumb. Why do they have this? And I was noticing that a lot. Attractions where they they have effects off. I'm like, they actually don't probably need those off because it's open air. It's not inside. And then stuff like stuff like filler magic. It's we're in the worst environment you can be in. We're all indoors. We're all in air conditioning that's circulating. And then we're going to throw water on your face and spray air in your face too. So that, that was something I don't think was done right. They need to turn those effects off. There's no, they don't need 
them on to make that show entertaining. It's it just you don't need it. So that's my opinion on that. Uh, interesting stuff uh, like Jungle Cruise and Kilimanjaro Safaris, the extra dividers that they've put onto onto those attractions with Jungle Cruise. It's plexiglass dividers in between everyone. When Denny and I went the first time they were doing they were only doing the boat at half capacity with the dividers, but now they're doing full capacity with the dividers. And it's not, you know, it's not that I, I think they are probably effective at something. But at the same time, I think they're a little silly, too. I They don't divide enough, in my opinion, to make it actually worth anything. But uh, I think just- is the Jungle Cruise skipper. Does he have a mask on? They have a mask on. Uh, they do not have to wear the face shield because they basically have a plastic shower curtain up in front okay. of them. All right. So we've, I've got a few minutes left. The other thing that we're getting a lot of questions about and interest in is what are the stores like when you go into a store? You know, when you're outside and you can maneuver and you can get around people, but the stores are obviously inside and there might be more people. Kevin, you have an experience. We went shopping for a bit, as we do on our Magic Kingdom day. What did you think? We went in a couple of stores. Uh, we went in the Uptown Jeweler. I was looking for something in there and couldn't find it, and they were trying to help me. But people were generous. People were staying away from each other. People were pausing to let you pass before they got in your way. So I thought that was really good. And then we went into the Emporium, and there is one way in and one way out of the Emporium at this point. You have to enter the Emporium at Center Street. And that's the only way in. They won't let you in any other door. And we went in there and I found, I want to say people were oblivious. That they would stop in their little clumps, but they would block all access throughout the store. And I don't think anybody was being mean or spiteful. I just think they're not aware and all you had to say was to somebody was, excuse me, can I pass? Or something along that line. Oh, sure, let me back up. And people were good about it. Um, it's shopping under duress. I will yeah. tell you that. The it's, only thing that freaked me out a little bit was the idea that we picked up a plush that we thought we might buy for the dog. And I thought, how many people before me have picked up that plush? Yeah. How many people are touching the things in the store I'm touching? So that kind of And then I have to go to the cash register and get out my credit card. And I'm going to have to touch everything in my bag. It was, um, the plush got back and we hand sanitized. Now, someone, I just want to step back a second from shopping. I get a lot of questions about what was security like. Did anyone touch your stuff? When you went through security, did any of the guards touch your, your bag or anything? Not mine. I opened mine and they asked me if I could take my wallet out so they could see around it. And they asked me to like open my bag. So I did that, but they didn't touch anything. Yeah. Same experience. Danny, what about you? They felt the underside of the bag real quick. um, After I had taken out the majority of the contents um, for them to check. See, They didn't even touch ours. They asked John, I was carrying a tote bag. And they asked John to squeeze the bottom of the bag together. So I just want people to feel confident that the security guards aren't, you know, licking their hands and touching all your stuff. (laughs) Well, Um, sorry to interrupt there, but I actually had a chance at Animal Kingdom to do the new security procedure with the it's basically like scanner poles that are set up and you still take out uh, what they're asking you to do right now. Take out. umbrellas, water bottles, and aerosol cans. And then you, well, actually, no, at Animal Kingdom, they were saying umbrellas only. You were allowed to keep your water bottle and aerosol can in there. And you basically walked past this giant pool that's sticking up. And I saw the screen where it's like, it literally is scanning you and your bag. And in my case, I did go off with it. And They moved me off to the side and said, "Okay, well, can we have you start removing stuff from your bag? And I said, sure. And and I basically took out one camera lens. And as soon as they saw that, they were able to identify between the image that they had and my lens that they found what they were looking for. So I didn't have to remove anything else. So and 
very, very, very few people were going off. So this new technology and security that they're implementing at Animal Kingdom, hopefully everywhere, it is out of this world awesome. It is a oh, big, good. good change. I actually happen to know the person who worked on that. So that's cool. That's interesting to know. Yeah. All right, let's switch back to uh, last few minutes for shopping. Um, Danny, what about you? You have any shopping experience or tips you want to talk about? Yep. So um, people were asking, uh, we did uh, some Facebook lives from the Magic Kingdom on Thursday and then also on Sunday. And people were asking about the shopping process and virtual queues and how does that work? And so basically, if the doors of the store are open, that means that you can come on in. And as you enter, a cast member, um, everyone has a, an iPhone with them. And so they're they're logging who is in the store. So upon entrance and upon exit, it's noted. So you can come on in and you can shop. And then if you walk up and the doors are closed, that's when the virtual queue is in use. And so you just touch base with the cast member who will be there at the entrance, they'll get you set up in the virtual queue and you'll be good to go. They'll send you a little message when it's time to come on back and do your shopping. Did when you experience any of the virtual queues? Because every no. place we went, there was no need for them. Yep. Right. No, no every... one counted us going in around. Yeah, they did actually. They had an iPad and they put in your they put in your account. You didn't see it. And that what I thought was cool is that went to everybody. Because as you left, wasn't paying attention. No, he wasn't. He was on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're very discreet about it. You if you're if you don't have an eye um, on them, you may you may miss that, which is lovely. It's it's lovely. So when you're in the store itself, you'll notice, you know, taking the Emporium and the Confectionery as examples, you'll notice that some of the merchandise rounders that would normally be in the center of the store have been removed, and there's more open space to be able to navigate the shop. Um, the, just like Kevin said, there's one way in and there's one way out and never shall the two meet. And, um, it's a little harder. It is definitely harder to social distance in a store than it is out and about navigating the rest of the park. So I felt I was in the Emporium twice. I was in the confectionery twice and I was in the different shops throughout the park, um, on Sunday. And it, felt kind of funny, like, okay, I'm okay in here. Am I as comfortable as I am outside of this shop? No. So I, I just, I don't know that I'll, I'll go back to, I'm, I mean, I'm not necessarily there to shop anyhow. I wanted to see what the experience was like. And so I might not, I just might not do that next time, but it was really interesting. They do have the social distancing markers, they have them six feet away from the uh, cashier stand so that you can wait. Um, it's at, in the confectionery. If you loved all those chocolate dipped, everything is encrusted in candy. Those are not for sale right now. There are certain limited items that are. The English toffee is there, which I'm excited about. Um, but you, there are things being offered. They're just not everything that you're used to. So it's they're providing an experience. It's just a bit, as everything is these days, just a bit different. Excellent. Jackie, what about you? Do you have a shopping experience? Well, we went into one of the smaller areas over um, at the exit of the Winnie the Pooh attraction. We went into that shop just, you know, to kind of poke around because my sister-in-law's pregnant and I always find something really fun for a baby in that little shop, you know, with the little Pooh characters. and. Um, I was a little bit, I had to stop and think for a minute, is this going to be okay? Because it's such a small area, but we were, we did okay in there. Um, we didn't go through the shops on the way into the magic kingdom because I was really apprehensive about it. But after the experience of being in the little shop by Winnie the Pooh, we did go through the Emporium side of things on our way out. And it did feel a little different to me because I was concerned about where people were. Some people were just walking through other people were, you know, squirrel. <laughs> they see something they want and right. they just hang a right to go get it. And so that was, you know, nobody was doing anything wrong. It was just a, a thing that was kind of 
happening. And, and I found myself thinking a lot about the fact that I did not want to be inside and it was hotter than fire outside. (laughs) So it was, it was a little odd, (laughs) but it was good. We, we bought a couple of things and I found myself not wanting to touch the things I was buying unless I was absolutely 100% sure that I was buying them. And, you know, but, uh, it, it was good. They had lines in the waiting to pay and, you know, so people were back. And, and so that was good. So they have the plexiglass up where the cashier is and all cashier, that good yep. stuff. And you do everything, yep. touch, you know, no touch, even, you know, we don't have magic bands, but our credit cards have the RFID in them. So I was able to touch a credit card and pay for something. So oh, that's, that's great. The part that was a little, I, I was wishing, I wish that they would, install apple pay or something similar they do at all of their locations they, yeah, do. I think they have it yep. yeah see where <laughs> we bought it they didn't have it and so i thought oh shoot i wish they'd do that okay yeah i you have to look for the special pad that has the little thing that looks like wi-fi symbol on it but that's if you have an rfid and chip in your card or if you have apple pay you can pay that way Craig, I apologize. What were you going to say? I, I was just going to say, I didn't really, I mean, I, my most of my purchases came to Snackage, which uh, I didn't always do mobile order just because I did want to mess around with it. And every location I did, I was able to use Apple Pay. And it was simple, you know, whether uh, it's just used it right on my phone and held my phone hovering over the reader. And that's all it had to do to pick up like anywhere else. And it was it was awesome. I, I am. I, I know they've had it for a little bit, but I can't believe I haven't been using it at Walt Disney World more in the past. I gotta tell you, one of the things that's weird about this this time is that we're doing things now that I will continue to do. Um, first of all, we order our groceries and have our groceries delivered. And the other thing too is, uh, every place I go, even fast food, I use their app to pay. So I don't have to take out a credit card or cash or anything. And so I, I think that this time is changing the way we do stuff for the better in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we go, I know we're running late. I know that we're going late on time, but I want to get everybody's opinion real quick on the castle. This is the topic of conversation. They changed our castle. My life is ruined. I can't go to Disney again because the castle has been changed. Let's get quick opinions of the castle. Kevin, what's your opinion of the castle? I love it. I think it looks like it's wearing its party clothes. I agree. And it is. It's coming up on a 50th anniversary. I don't expect it to be permanent, but I think it looks beautiful. Could be because I'm colorblind and the colors are much more vibrant now. I think it looks sparkly and great. Danny, what about you? Um, It is not. It's not my favorite. It's okay. I like all the colors change. Uh, you know, uh, according to where the sun is in the sky, how much cloud coverage you have and it just, you know, all of that, everything atmospheric. So it's vivid blue. The turrets are in the morning and more of a purple in the afternoon and iridescent in the evening. I liked it when it was a vivid blue, not so much when it turned purple. Um, the pink, I, I'm not a super huge fan of the pink, but it's okay. And Kevin, I like the way that you likened it to having its party clothes on that. Okay. So that sounds like fun to me. So that, (laughs) Makes me want to embrace it a little bit more, but um, it, it it's all right. Been worse. Yeah, it could, it, it could have been hot pink with icing and candy all over it. So yeah, no, I'm totally. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. it it's yeah. just painted. It. They painted the castle for you. Yep. So. Jack, no what worries. You? What did you think of the castle? So pink happens to be my super favorite color. There's a <laughs> so, surprise. I know. Shocker. Everybody fall out of their tears. (laughs) So when I saw it though, oh my gosh, you guys, I love it so much. I, I love it more than I've ever loved the castle at magic kingdom ever. And so I know that it's, I know that Cinderella castle is not supposed to be pink, but I, Kevin, I love what you said about the party clothes too, because Yes, the party clothes are on. And 
it's sparkly, the gold, the accents, everything stands out more. And against that bright blue Florida sky, it just, it, it, I, if there were benches right in front, I would have been perfectly happy sitting right there staring at that castle for the rest of the day. It's, I just loved it. It just looks dressed up. It does. Craig, Craig, what about you? And we have 30 seconds. I mean, I hate it, but I'm not, (laughs) it's, it's a castle. So I'm not going to like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's actually important what I think of the colors. It's, I just, I don't, I don't care for it. I, it doesn't visually appeal to me and I, I don't mind it in the evening and I could see it from afar at uh, the Polynesian with all the lights on and it, you know, I didn't mind it as much then, but in the middle of the day when it's, it's bright and shiny, I was like, Oh, this is it's, I would not wear this outfit. So I also don't <laughs> like looking at it on, on that. So that's my thoughts. Great. Well, great. Everyone. What do you think? I think it looks great. I really enjoy it. Again, I have PTSD to the time when it was a cake and when there was a sorcerer's hat in the studios, I didn't care for those things. So the big Epcot. Yeah. So I think that this is a wonderful way of celebrating the 50th anniversary of that park in a way that doesn't uh, structurally change the, the castle and makes it so that it could be reversed later on. But I think it looks terrific. And I agree with Denny. It really depends on the lighting. There were times when it was the, the Florida sky was brilliant and it had these puffy white clouds and you saw those blue turrets and it was just, just spectacular. So everyone has their opinion. <laughs> Don't let it affect your stay or coming to the to the Magic Kingdom. It's just paint, people. All right, that'll do it. Thank you guys very much for this conversation. I truly appreciate it. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching and tuning in. That'll do it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged. 